This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Howdy, everybody. Wednesday night, the 27th day of September 2023. It is indeed Dan Grosser Show. 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We are going to be with you till 9 o'clock this evening. We're going to hand things off to our pals Gordon and Larry at that point. We've got Harvey. We've got Joe. The family is back together again. You get me on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. We'll keep our eyes on the baseball tonight. Mets got to play two, unfortunately, because the field wasn't ready to be played last night. It looks like they're going to play spoiler, at least in the opener, for the Marlins and their postseason chances. They got a 9-2 lead in the eighth inning. Alonzo with a blast. Vientos with a blast. Francisco Lindor has gone deep. And Marlins right now a half game out of the final playoff spot. So the Mets could possibly deal them a little bit of a blow to their postseason chances they still got one more game to play this evening it's kind of I mean it's starting to fill up a little bit because the first game started at four o'clock but it was kind of cool that like the first few innings of the game there were about seven people at City Field and Doc Gooden was one of the seven people <laughs> like sitting in the stands right behind the Met dugout a guy who's gonna have his number 16 retired of course next year by the Metropolitans and then of course you got the Yankees who we know that they are playing for nothing but pride trying to avoid a losing season for the first time in 30 years. And if they just win one more game the rest of the way, they guarantee themselves a non-losing campaign. But Garrett Cole goes tonight in what's going to be his last start of the season for him and one that in all probability, unless he goes out there and gives up, you know, 17 runs tonight, which I don't think is going to happen, uh, it will end with him being named the Cy Young winner in the American League for the first time in his career. He's pitched very well against this Blue Jays team so far this season and so that is going to be the one small solace that you get as a Yankee fan for what's been a disastrous 2023 is that you're going to get some individual hardware with Cole winning the Cy Young Award and very interesting article by Bob Klapish on NJ.com in alluding perhaps to what we could see in the offseason from the Yankees and the changes that are going to be in store and we'll touch on all those things a little bit later on over the course of the program. We got a big blockbuster in the NBA. How about that? Training camps are going to open in a couple of weeks, and instead we're already talking about one of the best players in the NBA changing zip codes and one of the best teams in the NBA becoming even stronger going into the season. That is with Dame Lillard going from Portland to the Milwaukee Bucks. So you got the Dame, you got the Freak. A lot of interesting things happening with that Bucks basketball team. Watch out for them, of course, here for the upcoming season. We'll touch on all those things and more as we move forward through the night. But got to start with the football, right? Because that's what we've been talking about pretty much nonstop here over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, the Giants still aren't back to work yet. Tomorrow they'll hit the practice field and getting ready for the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, we'll have plenty to say about that one because that's a big game. You know, we've touched on it, of course, here. And Giants need to go win this game. If they consider themselves a legit playoff contender, you've got to beat the Seattle Seahawks at home because those are the teams that you are going to be competing with for one of those spots. So you got to take care of business against Seattle. And, you know, we'll get back to the Giants probably tomorrow. But Jets also got themselves a big game on Sunday. And whether or not you think they can actually beat the defending world champions on Sunday night football in front of the entire nation, only game on, prime time, that's another discussion for another time, right? I'm sure that the majority of folks out there probably give them little to no chance to win the game, right? What's the point spread in that one already? They're a double-digit dog at home. Generally, that's not supposed to happen. But we know why it's happened, because Aaron Rodgers went down four plays into the season, and the last couple of weeks, this team has you know, 
not really looked the part. Even though last week was a winnable game, certainly it was, but one side of the ball we know didn't really help the team's cause in trying to get themselves a victory, and we're talking about the offense. And any which way you want to slice it, right? We gave you all the numbers last night, and it's not pretty. When you look at what this team has done on the offensive side of the ball for the first three games of the season, they're last in points, last in yards, last in passing yardage, but they're 22nd against the rush, or I mean running the football, I should say. So you hang your hat on that one. And, yeah, they've played some good defenses, three of the top five defenses, and you can make all the excuses and yeah buts and all those things to try to summarize why they are where they are right now. But the reality is, you know what? It's not even about beating the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not going out there and proving that you can make something of this season still. It's not even going out there and proving that maybe you can squeeze out some productivity from this quarterback and this offense. It's more about just going out there and proving that, you know what? You can look the part. Forget about even for four quarters. How about a half, right? How about a half of football where you can go out there and maybe score? Oh, I'm, I'm going to get a little crazy here. 17 points, maybe something like that. You know, sustain a couple of drives. Show that you can get into a little bit of a rhythm on the offensive side of the football. Something that they haven't been able to do in the last two games. And we can play psychologists, and I think that we all have over the last few days where we're just trying to diagnose and get to the bottom of why this team has struggled to the extent that they have the last two weeks. You know, and I heard a little bit of Rich Semini who was on earlier today with the K show and I, and I love Rich he's a good friend and he made a point that I think is pretty interesting to be quite honest with you because you know going into the Dallas game one of the things that I thought about was well you know when you suffer a loss like they did with Aaron Rodgers like losing a player that important of a player normally there's a little bit of a hangover effect right there's that carryover that dread you know the stages of grief you know we've all kind of made light of it over the last couple of weeks But for one, I wasn't really expecting something like that because if there was any sort of a hangover from Rodgers going down, you would have saw it on that Monday night against the Buffalo Bills, and it didn't present itself because they actually fought hard till the very end, won the football game, found a way to win. They were able to brush aside an extremely disappointing sequence of events and get a victory. Okay, great. But maybe I wasn't giving it enough credit. Right. And that's why when Rich brought it up today that, you know, there's still probably a little bit of shock that's still wearing off on this team the last couple of games. You know, not to say that they're feeling sorry for themselves or anything like that. And look, it's professional sports. Next man up. No excuses. Nobody feels sorry for you. But when Rodgers got hurt, that's all in that game. Right. You haven't gone home yet. You haven't gone to sleep. You haven't talked to your friends. You haven't turned on the TV, turned on the radio, read the internet, and all the comments that are being made. It's still, you're in there trying to win a game like you prepared all week to do with Aaron Rodgers. But now the last couple of weeks, he's out of sight, out of mind. He's not at the facility. He's not even there. It's almost like he never even showed up. Like I saw this thing on the news tonight, as a matter of fact. I was watching the news, and there was some guy who spent the last, like, 371 days in space. And for some reason, the first thing that popped into my mind was, boy, I don't know if he follows the NFL or not, but think about where the NFL was when he went up into space 371 days ago, right? Aaron Rodgers was a Green Bay Packer. So, like, when he comes down from space and if he hasn't been getting his updates up in, uh, you know, the solar system, 
he probably would just think right now if he puts on a Packers game or checks the Packers stats and that Aaron Rodgers went ahead and retired at the end of the season, right? Because you can't find Aaron Rodgers on the field anywhere this week. Boy, is he in for a shocker. But that's the reality now, right? And if you are feeling down, if you are feeling sorry for yourself, you got to move past that. But the fact of the matter is that the guy who's now playing quarterback, he's been here this whole time. And now it's entrusted on him to be better. And he's the one that has to lift his play and lift the play of everybody else around him. That's what happens when you're a franchise quarterback. That's what you're supposed to do. Great ones can do it. Other ones, well, they don't stick around that long for a variety of reasons. And there were some people that were really ganging up on the head coach, among others, right? I mean, it's no secret. Everybody's had an opinion from New York, New Jersey, Florida, everywhere about the state of this football team right now and how things are being run and how they're performing, right? And the last couple of days I said to you guys, you know, people were getting on the head coach for what he said after the game on Sunday. And basically, I, I you know, peeling back the onion – it was as plain as day what he wanted to say. He was saying, he, he, he was thinking the same things that all of us were thinking. And we all could see with our own two eyes if you watch that game. But he can't go up there and articulate that, right? He probably wanted to say, guys, I know that it was pathetic. I know that it was poor. I know that it's not good enough. It's below the standard. But I can't sit up there and say anything negative because this is the best option we have right now. We were dealt a gruesome blow four plays into the season. You don't easily recover from that. And this is what we got. But now 48 hours later, or maybe it was 72, earlier today, Robert Sala met the media and kind of changed his tune a little bit, maybe kind of opened up and started to articulate maybe what he had wanted to say on Sunday, having a couple of days to sleep on it, what we've been discussing for the last few days. Here was Robert Sala earlier today saying that he knows Zach could be better. You know, with regard to with Z, we all acknowledge he has to play better. We, we all acknowledge that. He acknowledges that. Teammates acknowledge it. He acknowledges it himself. The key is to have confidence in yourself. You have to. you got to keep continue, continually stack good days. You know, you go out and you, you own your moments. You go out to practice. You dominate practice. And you just try to, you got to find a way to, to gain the momentum of practice and uh, turn it into a, transfer that momentum into the game. For him, definitely needs to get better. But at the same time, you've got to maintain your belief in yourself and, and your team. And, and play within yourself and not try to press and make things happen. Just play within the structure of the offense, get the ball to your playmakers and let your playmakers go to work. And uh, as soon as, as that starts happening and the ball gets rolling in that regard, that's when the confidence will start to stack. It's got to be better, right? Bottom line. That's the only line that I heard from that whole diatribe. It's got to be better. And if you watch this team the last couple of weeks, I think that we could all agree on that. It's got to be better. And don't think for a second the rest of the league isn't seeing the same things that we're all watching. A little bit later on in the show, you'll hear from a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Because now, you know, they're in game prep mode for Sunday night. And once they turn on that film, you know, the film don't lie. And I'm sure those defensive players on the Kansas City Chiefs are trying to break down that jet offense from the last couple of weeks. And, hey, I don't know if they're getting overconfident. I don't know if they think that they could just show up and win the game. But... I'm sure they looked at some ugly clips. No different than what you and I have been looking at. 
Of course, Robert Zala was asked, and everybody wanted his input on the comments that our buddy Joe Willie made on the K-Show back on Monday. So here was the coach earlier today responding to Joe Namath's comments about the state of affairs. I haven't spoken to Joe, but obviously Joe is, a, is an icon, Hall of Famer, and a, a well-respected individual in this organization. Doors always open for him to walk in, and my office is always open for him. And But, you know, we'll agree to disagree with his comments, but he is entitled to those comments. Again, what is he supposed to say? Joe's right? You know, Joe's spot on? You know, Joe didn't guarantee it, but he didn't have to, right? The numbers don't lie. I, I just told him to you. Last in offense, last in points, last in passing. I mean, what is he supposed to say? And the coach isn't going to throw Joe Namath under the bus. You're not going to sit there and try to wage war with a guy who's an icon, right? The best that this organization has ever had, ever. You know, a lot of the last 55 years in the history of the Jeff franchise has been disappointing, has been sad, has been ugly, you know, inept at times. Losing games in ways that you wouldn't think you could lose games, right? Players underperforming to the extent that maybe you never thought that they could underperform. But he was the one guy who's been able to rise above it all, he and his teammates, the 68 Jets, Super Bowl three, and hoist that trophy. Remember that trophy that Aaron Rodgers alluded to in his introductory press conference when he said that trophy's looking a little lonely, want to try to go out there and get him some company? Well, he wasn't able to do that in four plays, and nobody else could either. But if you're the head coach who's trying to keep this team together, who's trying to keep this ship afloat, and who was dealt a really, really bad hand four plays into the season, Right? I mean, if you, could, if you could be like one of these time traveler people, because I was there when they were on top of the world all summer and in training camp and in hard knocks, and you thought that this was going to be a really special season, and everybody was excited, and there was all this hope and anticipation and optimism. I couldn't wait for the freaking season to start, thinking about what's, how great these games were going to be, doing the games, what that atmosphere was going to be like at the stadium. Hell, even allowing yourself to think about playoff trips in January and how special and fun this could be. You're watching a future Hall of Famer at quarterback each and every week. Couldn't wait. Right? Couldn't wait. And then four plays into the season, done. So like I said, if you could go back in time and, you know, pull Robert Solicide or anybody else, let's say in early August, and say, hey, Robert, you know what, this is a lot of fun, but you know what, I just came back from the future, and Rodgers is going down four plays into the season, and then you got to pick up the pieces. How do you feel? First of all, you probably try to have you committed, Right? Second of all, there's no picking up the pieces from that. That's what. And especially being asked to do it in two weeks is almost damn near impossible. So they got another quarterback in here, and Trevor Simeon's around, but he ain't going to play this week because he's still got to learn the offense. But that's what they're down to right now. You either hope that this kid who everybody thought so highly of just a couple of years ago is going to be able to turn it on and find it, whatever it is, right? His it is different than somebody else's it. It's not Patrick Mahomes' it. It's not Josh Allen's it. It's not Aaron Rodgers' it. It's got to be Zach Wilson's it. But is that it good enough or not good enough? So far through two games, certainly not good enough. Can that turn around? Can't do it on his own either. Can't do it on his own. Needs help. You got enough other guys on that team that are good enough to help. And it's going to take a collective effort. 
And you don't expect them to go out there and put up, you know, 35 points against the Chiefs and, 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 and shock the world to beat Kansas City. But this is the NFL. It is the NFL. Remember, the Dallas Cowboys look like world beaters the first two weeks of the season. 70-10, to 10, beating the Giants and the Jets. They go into Arizona, and they let a guy who never won a game as a starting quarterback in the NFL basically pick him apart to shreds. Do you hear Micah Parsons' name much in that game? Arizona, of all people, found a way to neutralize the mighty Micah Parsons, who people wanted to compare to Lawrence Taylor. They found a way to make him go silent in that game. So you never know what could happen in the NFL. And the way the Jets have looked the last two weeks, I mean, some people probably tell you that if the Jets somehow upset the Chiefs on Sunday night, that would be even a bigger upset than Arizona beating the Cowboys last week. But that's why they play the games. And we'll be there. Interested to see what happens. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll get your thoughts on this matter. Plus, you'll hear from the newest Jet quarterback, Trevor Simeon. And as I said, a member of this week's opponent, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, having a hard time hiding the way he really feels about the team that he's going to be going up against on Sunday. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> tell you one thing that hasn't changed is Pete Alonzo and the Mets just still keep getting hit by pitches from the opposing team. He four hit game tonight and he got an extra hit but this time he took one right in the elbow uh, in an 11-2 Met lead in the eighth inning and geez that's the last thing anybody needs to happen. I don't care what team you root for like a player that you value you covet getting injured a serious injury that requires some mending you know with a few days left in the season when you're pretty much just playing out the string that would be disastrous but Football, the name of the game, the topic of conversation here. And so Trevor Simeon is now aboard for the Jets. He's not going to play this week. He's not going to be active even because he doesn't know the offense. He needs to be brought up to speed a little bit. But he'll be on the practice squad. He was out there today. Here was Robert Sala on why the Jets decided to bring in the former Bronco, former Saint, former Bear, and Northwestern quarterback. Obviously, he got a lot of games under his belt. He's a quick learner, quick study from my understanding. You know, so just giving him an ability to come out of the practice squad and help us out was the uh, best decision for us. And, and make no mistake about it, okay? Make no mistake about it. If this continues to where the Jets can't function as an offense, Trevor Simeon's going to be given an opportunity to play. As soon as he's comfortable with the offense, he will be given an opportunity if nothing changes with the current state of affairs. I, I mean, it's obvious Remember, Trevor Simeon started a game against the Jets last year as a member of the Chicago Bears. Here was Simeon today after practice on the possibility of playing quarterback. I didn't have a lot of expectations. You know, no promises were given or anything like that. You know, these guys had two quarterbacks. They needed a third quarterback. I had some good conversations, and here I am, so I'm excited to get to work. All right, he, he's saying the politically correct thing. He's a smart guy. He went to Northwestern, okay? But he doesn't need to say it. Because Trevor Simeon's no dummy. Trevor Simeon's been around the block. He understands what's going on. He looks at the Jet offense the way it's been the last two weeks, and he's like, geez, they, 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 they can use a boost. Hell, if I was part of the mix, maybe even I might get an opportunity to get some snaps and to play some football. And I'm sure that his agent probably told him exactly the same thing or the people that he values their opinion of when deciding where should I sign. You know, and that was one of the things I brought up yesterday. And everybody that's wanting to crucify the organization for not getting more of a dependable, proven backup quarterback to Aaron Rodgers. And what did I say? Anybody with options 
Anybody that's worth a damn and is a competitor and wants to see the field is not going to choose the New York Jets when you know that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, that this guy's going to play every snap possible, right? Guy's an all-time great. That is not the place I'm going if I'm trying to see the football field. It's his team. It's his offense. But now the calculus has changed because Rodgers is hurt. And now you got Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle. Think about it. Trevor Simeon, all right? And some of you, I don't, I, I'm not throwing stones at you, but some of you may never even have heard Trevor Simeon's name until yesterday when you find out the Jets signed him. But the fact of the matter is that right now, on September the 27th, in the year of our Lord, 2023, Trevor Simeon is the most accomplished quarterback active on the Jets roster. Think about that for a second. Trevor Simeon. He was the guy who went out there and won eight games as a starter for the Denver Broncos the year after they won the Super Bowl when Peyton Manning retired in 2016. Eight games, 3,400 yards, 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Guy's a pro quarterback. He could play. I mean, he's not, let's face it, you know, he's not going to go out there and, you know, you say he's your franchise quarterback, but you could do a lot worse in a pinch. He'll give you a professional effort. And right now, I think if you're a Jet fan, you would take that. You would take a professional effort. I mean, hell, think about, I mean, that team wasn't even good. But go back to 2017 when they were rebuilding and Josh McCown was the quarterback, right? They didn't win a lot that year, but went because of Josh McCown. Josh McCown completed 67% of his throws that year in 13 games. Threw for almost 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, 19, or 18 touchdowns, nine interceptions. You wouldn't take that right now? If, like I told you, if you could project that as the statistics of the Jet quarterback for the rest of the year, you wouldn't take something like that? You'd probably win a few football games. You might even win more than a few football games, given that the defense does what they're supposed to do. Lastly, here's Trevor Simeon on – Everything that Zach Wilson's been dealing with the last couple of days here, especially in regards to the outside noise. You know, I think Zach gets it. He, he knows. I think there's no pressure like the pressure you put on yourself. So Zach's wired the right way, it seems. You know, still getting to know him. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think you think about that. I think Zach is, is doing a good job. For me, it was I was not going to try to be Peyton Manning, right? I was going to try to be Trevor Simeon. Well, there you go. See, because he knows what it's like stepping into the shoes of a legend. And a lot of people were surprised about that, right? Manning retired, and they were like, wow, the Broncos aren't going to go out and get another quarter. They, they turned it over to Trevor Simeon. And then, obviously, they didn't win a Super Bowl, and, you know, they haven't been very successful, but it's besides the point, right? The guy is somebody that you know can play if, needs, if he has to, right? He'll probably be a fast learner and pick up this offense quickly, and you see where it takes you, you know? They can't flush the season away. And that is not their plan, obviously, because you still got 14 more of these to go. Long, long, long season of football ahead of you. Say hi to Ira in Staten Island. He's starting us off here on 98.7. Hello, Ira. How are you? Hey, good, Dan. How are you? And you know how I feel about Simeon. I thought, I thought it was a good move. And I'll sign up for 18 and 10 right now. Did oh. they do that? And the rest of this. If this team plays up to their capabilities and they don't like fracture, he gives you 18 and 10, uh, you're going to win more than your share of games. 
but I, I, I got a call about the head coach. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know what? Everybody's getting on his case. I'll tell you the truth. And, and it's a tough balancing act when you have a situation like this, keeping everybody in, you know, close-knit in the locker room, not letting their fracture and all this stuff. I, I, I don't know what people expected him to say in his press conference after Sunday. He's not going to come out there and, and, and make the comments, like you said, that he really wants to say. So I, I, I think he, he kind of he did what he was supposed to do. And I'll tell you the truth, I wish there were less press conferences so these coaches aren't put in this position because they can't really say what they want to say. And that's why general managers don't talk because they're really not going to tell you what anything's going on. The biggest thing here is I don't want to see this team come apart at the seams like they did after the spike game in 94. And wow. you know what happened with that. Yeah. It just unraveled. I want, No matter whether we win four games, eight games, ten games, whatever it might be, I want to see this team come together, rally behind whoever's playing quarterback, and give it their biggest effort. And if they do that, they'll win their share of games. Yeah, Ira, you're absolutely right, and thank you for the phone call. And like I said, there's a lot of football still to play. And for those that don't remember what Ira was referring to, the fake spike game, that was Week 12, 1994. Jets were 6-5, and five, could have moved into first place if they beat the Dolphins, had a big lead. Marino brought him from behind, and then the capper was the fake spike for the game-winning touchdown to Mark Ingram. Um, Jets lost that game, fell to 6-6, six and six, lost their final four games of the season that year, finished 6-10. and ten. Pete Carroll got fired at the end of the year. He was a one-and-done head coach. Leon Hess made an awful, awful mistake, the owner at the time, because instead of, you know, going out there and – bringing in somebody that, you know, would have actually turned the franchise around. He actually went in the other direction and brought in Rich Kotite, and those were the two worst seasons probably in the history of the franchise. They went 3-13 and and 1-15, and and it took Bill Parcells to come in and and resurrect uh, the state of affairs there for the New York Jets. And, look, that's what Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are trying to do right now, except Aaron Rodgers was thought to be the guy to come in and resurrect things and to be that kind of missing piece, and four plays into the season, poof, went up in smoke.